I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth Emission, we're going to give you some key information on how you can avoid being the victim of a scam during the ongoing coronavirus epidemic. While much of the Bay Area is joining together to help us get through this pandemic, there are some terrible people out there looking to take advantage of you. And joining me to talk about that is Megan Cassidy. Uh, Megan, uh, we are seeing a ton of stories about the good in people, but sometimes these crises also bring out the bad in us. What are law enforcement officials telling you? Well, we are seeing just a lot of the same scams that I'm sure you've heard of uh, for years now, but just being repurposed to include details uh, that would fit the coronavirus. You know, there there have been snake oil salesmen for centuries and people doing the family scam like, Grandma, I'm you know trapped in a jail in Mexico. Can you please wire me money? And it's just kind of these new versions of those old tricks. Okay, so let's walk through some of the specific ones that you've heard of lately. You mentioned the family scam, and you talked to a woman who was taken advantage of for a pretty significant amount of money. Uh, what is the family scam? Right. So the the family scam is when somebody calls uh, typically an older person, uh, those are the targets, and says, you you know, sometimes it's very generic, like, Grandma, I I am in trouble. I I need you to wire me money. Sometimes they do actually some more research. And uh, this was one of those cases where the scammers must have looked up the woman online, uh, found out what her nephew's name is. And uh, he, uh, the the scammer called her and said, um, I have been uh, diagnosed with coronavirus. I was in my car trying to answer a phone call that I thought could have been my doctor. I got in a car accident and uh, now I'm in jail and I need $13,000 of bail money to get me out. That's, that's a, that's an incredible story. It's an incredible story. Yeah, and, and an incredible I, I amount of detail, kept track too. of it. Right, yeah. <laughs> How do these scammers know who to prey on? You know, I think that, that that's unclear. She uh, was actually just getting ready to move. So she thought maybe her, you know, her house being on the market uh, might have uh, put up a red flag or something. But she she really doesn't know. Um, and the, the sad part is, is that she, because of all of these details that she found very convincing, she did go to the bank, got out $13,000, and um, a person that said that they were a courier came over and picked it up. And uh, by the time that she called the number back from the person that was pretending to be her nephew's defense attorney, the, the number was out of service and they're gone with the wind. So this is, I think, a really good example of there were some steps here. And 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 this woman, you know, is, is clearly a victim. I'm impressed that she spoke to you because a, a lot of victims don't want to come forward because they feel ashamed that they were taken advantage of. What were some steps she could have taken um, that people, you know, that are recommended to see if 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 something is legitimate. So she did mention that there were a lot of red flags that she just, I, I don't know if she necessarily ignored them, but it just, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. So there were things that just didn't quite square with her, like 
the this the nephew was saying you shouldn't call my parents um you know her her in-laws because i don't want them to know about something and that that didn't quite seem right but she thought oh well maybe he's in really big trouble and doesn't want his parents to know yet um she said that uh this person he said that he was a defense attorney she actually did look him up and he used the name of a real defense attorney in alameda county and um, she looked him up, but uh, there were things that he was telling her to not do as well that she said should have been red flags. Like, don't tell anybody about this. Like, what are you going to do if they go to the if you go to the bank and they ask what this cash is for? And so kind of coaching her on on the lies that she would need to tell. And she obviously sees those things now and uh, warns other people to look out for them. So Megan, you mentioned this at at the top of the podcast uh, about snake oil salesmen, and we forget that there actually was a time and place where people were selling snake oil as a cure for something. There's a very specific scam going on right now where people are offering cures or tests or other things around coronavirus, which is obviously got a lot of el- elderly people in particular scared. What What are some of the scams going on around that? Right. So um, there are actually several reports of people calling to say that they're from the World Health Organization or the CDC and saying and telling people that they can uh, reserve them for a a vaccine if you just give me your credit card or Social Security number. Um, There was recently uh, on Wednesday, there was the first arrest in um, a case involving coronavirus of a man who claimed to have invented a patent pending cure and treatment that prevents infection. Um, He was telling investors that people were getting up and just walking out of the hospital once they had his cure. And uh, he was arrested after he was trying to get investors to um, sink about a million dollars into this and telling them they'd get a conservative return of 200 million to 3 million. Oh my my goodness! Uh, now this man's his social media accounts and some of the ways that he was spreading this uh, lie really um, those have been suspended. But you found still um, a post on YouTube where he's still peddling. Right, it. right. Well, you know, I think the YouTube video is is more of a teaser for for the um, the actual advertisements. But yeah, you can see him in what appears to be a limo or a town car, and just essentially talking about how the coronavirus is a hoax. There's already an anecdote for this, and maybe giving some sort of an inspirational speech. It, it was kind of hard to tell what he was doing. And and just to be completely clear with people, there is no verified treatment or vaccine or antidote that health officials say works right now. There, there are a lot of tests going on in professional FDA certified labs. Uh, you're not going to get somebody emailing you or calling you, offering you a cure that has not been in the news. That, we would have reported yes, that. Yes, yes, that, that is correct. Not, not one major health organization has said that there is an antidote or a cure. And you also mentioned that some police are seeing um, people reporting uh, that the WHO, the World Health Organization, or the CDC is calling them. Those seem particularly problematic because if you you feel like a government agency is calling you, you might be more trusting and more likely to give up that information. Right, exactly. And um, a lot of um, 
police agencies and sheriff's offices are actually taking to their social media to try to warn people about that. Uh, the Daily City Police reported a scam like this where they've heard about people uh, calling, claiming to be from the CDC, offering to re- reserve a vaccine, and they're trying to get it out to as many people as possible. There is no vaccine reserve program. Do not fall prey. Um, and and if you do get one of these calls, uh, they ask to call your local uh, local police, local sheriff's office to report it. Megan, I want to come back right after this break and talk to you about another thing you're writing about, which is price gouging still in, in a similar vein. People not behaving uh, correctly during the shelter in place during this pandemic. We'll be right back after this. Megan, before we went to break, we were talking about some scams that people are trying to pull around um, the fears of coronavirus. But there's another thing that's happening in terms of illegalities, and that's price gouging. Before I read your story, I didn't know it was actually illegal to price gouge people. What's the definition of this? It is, right. So uh, price gouging is when uh, during a declared state of emergency, a vendor will upcharge a product by more than 10% of its cost before the state of emergency. And we're seeing that all over now. I mean, pretty much every jurisdiction that I've talked to is is reporting instances of this around their county. So 10% is is not all that much. I mean, if I was looking to buy hand sanitizer, say, and it's, I, I don't know, like a couple of dollars normally, if you were charging $4 for it, that would be pretty extreme price gouging under this law. Right. Yeah. And, and we're seeing even more extreme examples of that. Um, and what, what I think is actually the particularly cruel examples are uh, they're actually doing it with not just toilet paper and hand sanitizer, but with food as well. Um in some in food deserts, you know, you'll get these uh, not full service sur- supermarkets, but the the smaller, as we would call them, bodegas, uh, selling you know some fresh fruits and vegetables. Uh, we've seen examples of uh, the pack of potatoes going from about three dollars to nine dollars. A twenty pound bag of rice going from twelve dollars to nineteen dollars, and then of course there are always the toilet paper examples, uh, increased from six dollars to ten dollars. So where where do we see this price gouging happening more often? Is it the, you know, the smaller stores that maybe don't have, I don't know, a legal department? Where where are people most likely to need to be on the alert for this? I've seen them two places so far. Um, it's it's not necessarily, it's really not big box stores, Target, Costco. Um, you're going to see them at the small mom and pop shops. Um, and in particular, where there are food deserts, where People have to mostly, a lot of people are walking to get somewhere to get their food and don't have any other options um, and will and will have to go there and have to pay the upcharge. Um, another place that we're seeing it is online. Um, on Amazon and on eBay, some of those uh, larger platforms are working to try to suspend accounts and to take down um, items that have been uh, subject to price gouging. But then there are other independent websites, uh, like one that we found uh, that was supposedly in San Francisco, um, that have even just more ridiculous prices. Uh, Like one had, uh, this one is called Gratia Home, had Lysol disinfecting wipes listed for for $150, 36 rolls of toilet paper for $67. Uh, one of those little teeny two ounce hand sanitizers for twenty five dollars. So just just absurd pricing. 
That's crazy. Um, if I'm going to play that much for a wipe, I hope it cleans my bathroom. Right. For me too. <laughs> yes. That's just that's insane. Now you spoke to the um the the California Attorney General's office and also to Alameda County where they're keeping track of these things. Um, are inspectors going to shut down stores that um, participate into this? What's What's the what's the stick? What's the punishment here? Um, so there, they, uh, it is punishable by law. Um, it's it's a misdemeanor. But what the uh, at least the um, district attorney's office is trying to do now is to just give people warnings. Um, start doing the right thing. Otherwise, we'll come back and cite you. And the California Attorney General has also asked online retailers to do a better job of policing their sites. Um, so many people use Amazon as that and, and other sites. So let's not just pick on Amazon. Is it is it possible to, to limit price gouging online? I, I think that it is, but um, it's very difficult for um, prosecutors and for police to to try to rein in the price gouging on- online. Um, and, you know, clearly Amazon and, and eBay are the places where um, most people are going to be putting their products. So I think that it really is up to the uh, the owners of those companies to do their part as well. The the San Francisco district attorney has also said that he's developing a task force um, to to look into these. If people think that they have noticed either a scam or price gouging going on, what should they do? Should they should they call the police? Should they call the district attorney? What's the best process for for airing those problems? Right. Um, the police probably um, have bigger fish to fry around this time. The district attorney's offices, the AG's offices are uh that are probably the best ones to to contact they're the ones that are coming up with these task forces and um and going out and citing people great um any other tips for people to make sure that we get through this pandemic um without any more people being victimized you know there there's uh there's kind of some reverse parenting that can be that can be going on um you know after after i talked to the woman who got scammed you know she's She's my parents' age. Um, you know, she's she's still with it. She's you know in her early seventies. Um, but I think that it's a good reminder to just re- get this get this word out there. Talk to your parents. Talk to anybody else, and make sure that they actually do their research before they start opening their pocketbooks. I think that's really good advice. The more we talk about these things, the less power they have, and also everybody should be very, very cautious and and probably never give your credit card or any information from somebody who contacts you without really running down that it's legitimate. I think in other crises, we've seen this extend to uh, people collecting social security cards and, and things like that. So um, unfortunately, we have to be on the lookout at times like these. And Megan, thanks a lot for helping people stay a little bit safer. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'd like to thank Megan Cassidy for being with me today. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth Emission is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. If you like this podcast, please consider becoming a financial supporter of the largest newsroom in Northern California. You can sign up for a San Francisco Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod. 